Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Jackamay, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of Lawyer on Your Terms. In this episode, I'm going to share my story, my journey from, actually, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of childhood. I won't bring you through each painful detail in year, but as it relates to why I became a lawyer in the first place and what inspired this model. So I hope you'll be able to find some parallels maybe between where you are and the journey that you would like to be on. I hope this inspires you and at least serves as one example of how a legal career can look that might be different from the prescribed paths that we're presented with in law school that you may have seen around you. So if we're meeting for the first time, my name is Kaylee Giacome. I am a lawyer. I'm a mom of two. I have an IP practice called Brand Law Boutique and a contract template shop called Contractista. I work about three and a half days a week between 20 to 25 hours per week. I decided to go down the adventure of hybrid homeschooling this year with my kindergartner. So she goes to school two days a week. My husband is home with her to do her homeschool one day a week. And then I'm with her two days. So I have essentially three days and three and a half some weeks that I can work. I also have a two-year-old son. He was born in 2021 and spent the first 18 months of his life at home with me. I had already launched my practice. I'll bring you back to the beginning of that, but I had already launched both businesses. And so I ran these businesses while having William, my two-year-old, at home with me for those first 18 months. And at that time, my husband didn't have quite as much flexibility in his job as he does now. He was with me five days a week, just completely full-time, and I would work during his nap time. So that was a tough 18 months, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And when I got to the end of the year, I really didn't know how that would fully impact my business and our revenue that year. But when we got to the end of the year, I had made just slightly more than the previous year, but I was happy to be anywhere near that figure. And the thing that I was most proud of that year of all of my business accomplishments was that I made it those 18 months. That was something that was really important to me. And one of the reasons that I created this entire business was so that I could live out my vision of motherhood. So now I have two kids, ages two and six, 
And honestly, if we ever had a third, which is up for debate, I do not know how that would work. But I've approached my legal career and motherhood by having a vision, but also taking things as they come. And I think both are so important. There's that the verse, with, without a vision, the people perish. If you don't have a clear vision for your life, even though it must be adaptable, you won't get to where you truly want to be by accident. You won't fall into a really intentional life. You need to be intentional daily and weekly, but really long-term as well. At least have a vision for what you want your life to look like in five years and 10 years, and then know that life will happen. Life will happen while we're making other plans, and that will need to be adaptable as well. So with that said, let me bring you back to the beginning and really what inspired me both to become a lawyer and to build a law firm in this model, in this flexible way. So my mother, who actually now works with me, she retired recently and she retired into my business. So that's a pretty cool full circle thing. But my mom is a lawyer too. And she went to law school when I was in preschool. I mentioned a little bit of this story in the first episode, but So she was home with me when I was very little. And when I thought about how I wanted to be a mom and live out my motherhood journey, I really wanted to be at home with my kids when they were little. I did not have a master plan of how my career was going to go or even exactly when I would have kids. And I didn't appreciate how difficult it was to be a working mom, to be a lawyer mom, until I was pregnant with my daughter and there was this stark choice in front of me to either continue down the path I was on, just stay at my job and put her in daycare. And that job that I was in at the time, I would have had to drop her off at 7 a.m. and my husband would have had to pick her up at 5.30 or I would have picked her up at 6. And that would have began from three months of life on. And that's that's the experience of many moms. It's absolutely doable. A ton of moms do that and make it work. And it's all about what you want for your life. I remember at my first job before I was a mother, my first legal job before I had kids, before I was married, one of my good friends, she had two two little ones and she mentioned that she comes to work to relax. And being a single woman at the time without children, I remember thinking, wow, I could think of a lot better ways to relax. And now I understand and I completely understand because I really look forward to my work days a lot. So not everybody wants to be at home with kids all the time or part-time. I certainly understand if you have zero desire to homeschool. I get that all. Really what this podcast is about and the point I'm making is it is possible to design a legal career around what you desire for your life. That might be working 40 hours a week, but it might be working 40 hours a week in a way that's flexible enough for you and your family to take a month-long vacation in the summer. Or perhaps it's pursuing a cause, using your degree in a way that you're impacting impacting a certain group of people or furthering a cause that you really believe in that you can't do in your current position. 
So it really is what it means for you, what that vision is for you specifically. So I mentioned that I had no concrete plan at all of what I was going to do when I came to this fork in the road, basically, of what to do with my career and as a mother and in terms of childcare and whatnot. But while I didn't know the details, I did have a very vague vision that I was working toward in very disjointed ways that all came together in the end. And maybe in your own life, you might have a little experience with a certain skill that you acquired through volunteering and then maybe lived and traveled in this unique place. And these things that are seemingly disconnected from each other, sometimes those pieces come together in our lives and that it all makes sense. You can look back and you can connect the dots a lot more easily than just as you're looking forward. So while I never intended on launching my own practice before I did plan to at least take an extended maternity leave with our first child. And I had this vision before I even became a lawyer. I was one of those 14-year-old girls that dreamed of being a mom one day. And so this idea that I would be home with a baby goes back that far. And I did make strategic decisions along the way to help ensure that would be a possibility. So I got married when I was in law school and then graduated and my husband and I got job offers. He's not a lawyer, he's in a different profession, but we got job offers within a week or two of each other in different places. My offer was in New York City and his offer was with the government. He could accept the position and then he would be told where he would go. And so at the time, we decided that we would both take our offers, hoping that he would be in Washington, D.C., maybe, and that I could eventually transfer there. But one of the reasons that we decided to take those jobs was that they were very good jobs, and I wanted to build a really strong foundation in my legal career in case in future years I wanted to take a hiatus. So I really leaned in, as you would say, and kind of made decisions that were at least a short-term sacrifice to our family, which was at the time just he and I, so that in the future we would have more probability of being able to invest in the way that we wanted our family to live. So we had a long-distance marriage for the at least the first year, yeah, the first year and a half of our marriage. And then eventually I decided to transfer or to resign and take a new position rather at the attorney general's office in the city where he was located. And so while I was essentially leaning geographically out of my marriage to lean in to a really good job opportunity at first, I also left a better paying job in New York to go to a lower paying job at the attorney general's office in Missouri, which wasn't a position that I enjoyed as much as my job in New York for sure. But again, it was a calculated decision and sacrifice for that longer term vision. I talked to many people at the time and in some ways, could it have been an option for him to resign and come to New York? And I could have continued in that job where I was making more money than at the AG's office, 
we could have done that. But I knew that within a year or so from then that I wanted to try to have our first child and I wanted the option of being able to stay home with that baby. So the last thing that would further that plan would be to have my husband leave his job and that wouldn't serve the long-term vision. So I transferred to the attorney general's office. And if I am going to be completely honest again, which is what I'm trying so hard to do in this episode and in all of these podcast episodes, I would often drive to that job and just have this feeling of, how did I end up here? How did I end up in this position? It was not one that I really enjoyed <laughs> that very much. And previous to law school, I lived in Alaska. I lived in China. I lived in Thailand. All during law school, I interned in Thailand. I worked at the U.S. Embassy in Bangkok. I worked at an international law firm in Bangkok and definitely enjoyed my position in Manhattan as well. And as I would drive to the Missouri AG's office, I just felt like, how did this incredible story that I felt I had been living out the last decade, how was it all climaxing here? This cannot be how the story goes. And I knew that I wouldn't be there forever, but I also didn't know what, what I would do next. And I remember during those drives, thinking about different options of what I could do but ultimately, I felt like I had a vision in my heart that was bigger than my brain could fully visualize. I just felt I was meant for more than that, that there was a story that was bigger and more impactful and more exciting than the ideas that I was coming up with on my own. And so my prayer at that time was that God would just orchestrate it, that I would be led to the next right decision and that I would have the courage and the boldness to materialize that bigger vision. So when my daughter was born in 2017, I left the AG's office and when I left, I didn't have any plans. I was planning on staying home with her for her first year and Initially, I thought I would probably have to go back to work and I would probably go back to that job, maybe a different one, but it's not what I wanted to do. It's just what I assumed I would have to do. I also wanted to have more children and I assumed that I wouldn't have the luxury of spending an entire year at home with them or that I was going to have to have some Irish twins going on and just pack it all together, have, I don't know, two and a half year maternity leave, and then go back to work. I really avoided conversations about what I was going to do next because I didn't know and I just wanted to live in that bubble of new motherhood and avoid what I perceived as the inevitable reality of returning back to work as I knew it. If you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice, but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program 
to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like the Accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates, and private mentoring will fast-track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the backend components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized, and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last, but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like-minded attorneys to grow with. Enrollment for the Accelerator is open now at lawyeronyourterms.com slash accelerator. And it was during that time that I started looking online, really, on social media and YouTube and different sources of other people who had these businesses that were giving them incredible freedom, who were able to travel and even live abroad. And while that was not necessarily in the cards for us at that time, because my husband didn't have a lot of flexibility, at least geographically in his job, it definitely got my wheels turning. And because we had such a long history of traveling and living abroad, I was really drawn to this community online of digital nomads, which I found fascinating. Digital nomads were people who were service providers, or they maybe had some kind of online product-based business, but they were able to work wherever their laptop was. So they could bring their work with them, travel, and just have this really incredible lifestyle. And I was so inspired by that. And even if I wasn't going to be jet-setting and going to Bali and all these really cool places, I thought, if I could just work on my laptop from home, then I would have the flexibility to be here with my daughter. Maybe I wouldn't need to rush back to work in a few months, and that would be incredible. I went on job sites like Indeed and whatnot, and I started searching for part-time law jobs or remote legal positions. I really didn't find anything that interested me or really fit the bill. And I continued to be fascinated by the service providers that I was seeing in other industries that had such a flexible business model. And because I was a trial attorney, I was a federal prosecutor, and then I was doing civil litigation at the AG's office, my experience of the practice of law was one that was very inflexible. So it took my mind quite a long time before I even wondered, is it possible to do this in the context of law? And of course, I know there are transactional practice areas, but I just didn't see anyone else doing it that way. And at the time, this is 2017, I think there were certainly other lawyers who had a solo practice that was virtual. They worked at home. But even though that was only six years ago, it was also the Stone Age when it comes to online businesses. And because the legal industry is so slow to change, I think that people were not advertising it very much. They may have thought that clients didn't want to work with lawyers who had a virtual practice or were remote. So even if they spent a lot of their time actually doing their work at home, they would have office space, a phone answering service. They gave the impression of a traditional law firm. 
And that's not what I wanted. I wasn't interested in having a brick and mortar firm on Main Street and hanging my shingle in that traditional way. I was fascinated by these online businesses who were leveraging technology to really automate a lot of systems of client intake and marketing through social media and leveraging technology to buy back their time and also using structures like flat rate fees, package fees, so that they would be rewarded for that efficiency. That was all very inspiring to me. So I started to try to find examples of other lawyers who were doing business this way, who had structured their practices this way. And I found a lawyer in my city who had a trademark practice that was at least advertising online. I didn't exactly know how the back end of the firm worked. And this individual practiced trademark law exclusively. And when I saw this, a light bulb went off for me. First, all of my experience in law school prior to graduating was in trademark law. So I worked at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office at the U.S. Embassy in Bangkok. I was the first legal intern for the USPTO's IP Adige program. So the USPTO's IP Adige program basically sends out lawyer diplomats around the world to meet with government officials in other nations and try to encourage legislation in those nations that will mirror and align with the IP laws of the United States to protect businesses who are doing business abroad. And my other intern experience during law school was at an international law firm in Bangkok that worked with U.S. companies, major multinational companies, protecting their trademark portfolio in Asia. And of course, the other light bulb that went off for me is this is a transactional field. Trademarks are all filed online through e-filings. And this is a practice model that would also allow me to take clients nationwide. So when you file applications through the USPTO, you need to be licensed in a U.S. state, but you can take clients even globally as long as they are registering their trademark in the United States. So with all of these epiphanies happening for me, I got to the business of assembling a team of mentors to really learn the practice side of trademarks. Of course, as an intern, that's a completely different story. While I knew a lot about trademark law, I had not practiced since I graduated. So I assembled a team of mentors, which included this attorney I found. I reached out to him, met with him for coffee, and other people that I worked with that I had interned with and a family friend who was actually IP counsel for a Fortune 300 company that had recently retired. So he was more than happy to share all of his knowledge and answer all of my questions. And that was a really valuable resource. Now, when it came to the business side of things, I had a very close eye at these online service providers who were not lawyers, but were just doing business in such a, an efficient and fun and freedom-promoting way that I really wanted to mirror that model and create a law firm that would allow me that flexibility. While I was putting all of these pieces together to launch my practice, I started writing legal content for other law firms, so blog articles to be published on the websites of other law firms. And I initially got this work through Upwork.com. And then I established relationships directly with law firms to do content writing for them. 
And the reason that was so wonderful at the time is it was work that I could do in the evenings after my daughter went to bed. It wasn't occupying a lot of my time or my brain energy. So I was able to give my best focus to building out all of the back-end pieces of my law firm while I was able to earn money on the side. Then I launched my practice. I got my first client within a few weeks, and then another client after that. It built up slowly but steadily, and within a year, I was making more money than I was making at the AG's office. Now, mind you, this is while having a baby at home with me full-time. I didn't go to any networking events in person, and I had no one holding my hand, showing me what to do next or how to market my services. I was really learning as I went. In my second year of business, I launched Contractista, my contract template shop, which created passive income for our family, which was amazing. Now, when I say passive, there's, of course, work that goes into running that business too, but it's a digital product. So it's something that I've created once that I can sell the, the license to multiple times. So truly, you can wake up in the morning and see that someone has purchased an item and that you've been paid for it. So that has been another incredible way of maximizing my time and income. I've mentioned a lot about how motherhood was a big inspiration behind starting this business, but another big inspiration was travel. It really was those digital nomads that just got my heart racing when I first discovered them, and I wanted to live at least a little bit of a life like that and didn't have that flexibility at my other job. And of course, when you have children, all of your personal time typically goes to um, dealing with your kids rather than spending it all on vacations. So. Another thing that happened during that first year was my husband had to go overseas for work and I was able to go visit him and also make a stop in London. And so this was probably three months after launching my business. And there I was in London and I was in a coffee shop getting a little bit of work done. And I just felt like in that moment that I had made it. Three months into my business, and I was sitting there in London working on this business that I loved. And that was such proof of concept to me that it was like being on the top of a mountain. About a year and a half after that, I had the opportunity to go to South Africa. So again, I didn't need to request any time off of work. My parents were watching our kids, and we went to South Africa I was actually able to do a business branding photo shoot with a photographer there in South Africa, and it was absolutely incredible. I got connected with another lawyer who will be a guest on the podcast soon, who is lawyering on her terms as well. So then in 2021, my son was born. I mentioned in the beginning that he was home with me full time for the first 18 months, and then he started going to a mom's day out program two days a week after that. And I was just so grateful that I had the opportunity to spend as much time with him as I did with my daughter when she was younger. Because before I ever started this business, as I mentioned, I didn't think that it was going to be possible to have that concentrated time with a second child. 
And if I had that concentrated time, I was convinced that it would be at the expense of my career, but it has not been. I have, I easily earn more than I would even if I was still working in Manhattan today and work a fraction of the hours. And another thing I will say about this whole experience is someone warned me, (laughs) lovingly warned me, or maybe not so lovingly, when I was pregnant with my daughter and it was my baby shower. She told me, oh, enjoy this party, enjoy your shower, because it's It'll be the last time that something is about you. Like your life won't be about you ever again now that you have children. Okay, thanks, lady. But really, becoming a mother, I feel in some ways it gave me the excuse, the permission to chase my dreams. I don't know. I don't know if I would have started this business, if I would have built this life that not only has has created incredible flexibility for our family, but incredible fulfillment for me. If I hadn't had that hard choice of how do I reconcile motherhood with my legal career? So maybe you relate to some portions of my story, or maybe your dreams and pain points are completely different than mine. But I would venture to guess if you've made it this far, you probably value freedom, you value flexibility for whatever your priorities are in life, whatever your big dreams are. And I just want to encourage you that not only is it possible, but believing that it's possible and being willing to bet on yourself, that's truly the hardest part. And I've seen that in my own journey and in the journey of many women who I've worked with, uh, family members as well who have made this shift from employee to building a flexible law firm. And the hardest part is the initial belief that this is possible and the willingness to the willingness to take that risk. Our brains are wired to protect us. Fear is a really useful emotion. It keeps us alive. It's kept us alive as a species for thousands of years. But fear, our impulse, is to point out all the things that could go wrong. What if this happens? What if this happens? But you can flip that. What if it all works out? What if all of your dreams come true? And what if you miss it all? What if you miss it all because you're not willing to bet on yourself? Maybe you're there, you're on the edge of the diving board, you're ready to jump in, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just looking at the water and wondering whether you might put your toe in to test out the temperature. Wherever you are, this podcast is for you. My hope, my desire is not just to equip you with the knowledge that you need to execute on plans, but also build up the hope in you that you can do this, that this is possible for you, and encourage you that you don't need to do it alone. So that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that that it inspired you. Please let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to leave us a review and help us reach other lawyers, inspiring them to lawyer on their own terms. I'll see you next week for another episode of Lawyer on Your Terms. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow. If you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. 
If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.